Logistics is transforming our lives and the way we do business in today's ever-changing economy. If your company or community thrives on the quality of your logistics, then we'll give you a peek behind the curtains to the topics and people who are driving this exploding industry. You're listening to the Logistically Speaking GT Podcast, produced by Global Trade Magazine and sponsored by the World Economic Development Alliance. You can listen to all our GT podcasts at www.globaltrademag.com or join the thousands that have downloaded our app in the Apple iTunes Store. Now, here's our publisher and our host, Eric Kleinsorge. Eric Kleinsorge. Hey, it's another great day here at Global Trade Magazine, and we're truly excited about today's GT podcast. So welcome to all our podcast listeners and Global Trade readers for this special episode. Today, we're going to talk about some topics that have been increasingly challenging for trucking companies, which ultimately affects you, the customer. First, the ability to recruit and retain drivers and the steps one might take to overcome these challenges. Second, we're also going to discuss how regulation and driver capacities are impacting the industry. And finally, you might be currently affected by the capacity challenges and rising spot contract rates. So we're going to see what one company is doing to help mitigate these for their logistics customers. So to help us with all these topics, we're turning to a company which is a great partner of Global Trade Magazine, Ruan Transport Corporation. And today we have Marty Wadley, who serves as Senior Vice President of Ruan's Supply Chain Solutions. Marty's been with Ruan since February of 1996, and we're thrilled that Marty has agreed to take time out of his busy schedule to talk with us today. Marty, welcome to the show. Thanks, Eric. Glad to be here. Marty, why don't we start off by talking a little bit about your background. It sounds like you've got uh, quite a pedigree with Ruan and the industry that you serve. So let's talk a little bit about your background and what Ruan does for customers. Absolutely. I'll, I'll jump right into that. I've been in the industry now for almost three decades. I have a degree in supply chain management from Iowa State University. My first job out of Iowa State, I was a routing specialist for an institutional food distributor similar to Cisco Foods. Then I worked in the LTL arena for a couple of years, and then I joined Ruan as an analyst back in 1996. I've held multiple roles within Ruan from analytics to ops to project management and quality. Currently, I lead our supply chain solutions division, which is about 25% of the uh, company's revenue uh, and entails all of our contractual logistics, brokerage, warehouse management, cross-docking, and then also some of our dedicated resources that roll up through that division as well to service our integrated solutions customer, where we're providing more than one of our values to our end customer. I've also been on the Executive Advisory Council for ISU Supply Chain Management Program since 2012, married to my uh, wonderful wife for 22 years, and we have five children, three of which are currently at Iowa State University. Uh, a little bit about Ruan, I mentioned some of our services. So primarily, Ruan is known as a dedicated contract transportation company, and really that's basically a private fleet under another name. Uh, we really specialize in complex systems where you need maybe lift gates to deliver product, pick up product, multiple stop loads, regional type uh, delivery where you're out and back typically every day. We also manage about $300 million of transportation as a 3PL. We do optimization, freight tendering, execution, uh, freight audit and pay, business intelligence, and carrier management. We also manage uh, warehouse solutions for our customers. We do we provide WMS solutions, warehouse management software, raw material and finished goods, kitting, 
econ, subassembly, a myriad of solutions that our customers look for Ruan to provide flexibility around. And we also have a brokerage arm, which is basically a capacity aggregator for our, our shipper partners. We manage about $50 million in brokerage every year as well. A little bit about, I think, what makes Ruan different from some of our 3PL competitors is we're, as an asset-based 3PL, we run about 4,400 tractors. We, we understand the complexities that go around uh, hiring drivers, uh, getting the right equipment, uh, working with regulations. So it's really about the three Ps for us. It's about people, process, and platform. You know, everybody can go out and buy their own TMS or WMS, but if you don't have the right people and processes to really get the value out of those tools, your customers won't feel the value. So we really invested in the right people and team members to implement our solutions for our customers and be as flexible as possible. We don't expect our customers to fit into a box. We're, we're able to configure and and do the things that our customers need to help drive their business. Absolutely. And what we really appreciate is the way you tackle challenges to help the customer. And that kind of leads right into what we want to talk about. Every time I, I reach out and, and talk with people in the industry, one of the biggest challenges I've seen is the ability to recruit and retain drivers. What are some of the steps you guys have taken to overcome this challenge? Yeah, absolutely. Great question. And I'll kind of go back to some of the regulations that are driving some of the challenges around recruiting and, and retaining drivers. And a lot of it has to do with regulations that, that uh, all carriers and many shippers deal with that are hiring CDL qualified drivers. You have to be 21 years old to get your CDL. So one of the okay. challenges is you, you lose somebody, you know, directly out of high school that goes into another trade like construction or into warehousing and, and you know, they're, they're earning, you know, forty to $45,000, they're home every evening. How do you then get that individual excited about transitioning into a driving career at the age of 21 if the average driver pay is around $45,000 and you're going to be now on the road maybe for two, three weeks at a time? It's it's a challenge to pull them over. The other thing that's driving some of the challenges is the e, the new ELD mandate that, that everybody is uh, dealing with. That's the electronic logging device that took effect in December of 2017, and enforcement will begin April of 2018. So these are the two things that are really driving challenges. And what we're doing to not only you know make it a worthwhile career for potential recruits that we're, we're trying to go out and find, but also for our carrier partners to to be able to go out and, and hire and retain drivers as well. So it's not just affecting Ruan or carriers. Obviously, it's affecting everybody in the industry. So we're looking at you know providing the most safe equipment that, that we can purchase. So all of our equipment now has automatic transmissions, collision mitigation, lane departure, roll stability. Uh, we want to have the safest equipment out there for our drivers so they, they're happy working with our equipment, they feel comfortable with it, and, and once we hire them, we hope that they stay with us for a long period of time. Our turnover is about 22%, which is uh, voluntary and involuntary, which is you know, significantly lower than the industry standard and closer to maybe a private fleet uh, turnover rate. A couple of the things we're doing is we really treat our drivers as the captain of the ship, right? They're, they're in charge if they feel there's something wrong with the equipment, something wrong with the load, Weather is, is something they're concerned with. We let them make the ultimate decision on whether they pull that load or not. So really letting them make the decision when it becomes a, a safety issue. Uh, we also have regular schedules and home, home time for our drivers. We, we want to have a good work-life balance for our drivers. So most of our drivers are home every night or every other night so they can coach Little League, they can be involved in Cub Scouts, whatever the uh, pull from the family might be. 
one of the things that we do is, you know, our driver pay W-2 is average is about $70,000. You look at the industry average, it's about forty six five. So we're providing a, we think is a great environment for drivers at a good living wage, and, and that allows us to recruit and retain drivers. That's awesome. Yeah, and you kind of hit it, a subject that you're, you're trying to recruit 21-year-olds. Or what's been the best way for you guys to make that exciting for a 21-year-old? It's a great question. And actually, you know, our drivers have to be at least 22 because we require uh, one year of experience. So most of our drivers, we're not getting out of driving schools. We're getting a driver that maybe had worked over the road and been been on the road for three straight weeks at a time, home for a weekend, and then in the back, once they get a year experience, we like to try to, to pull those drivers over to Ruan and give them a, a better job that allows them some more home time and, and some flexibility. So we've really targeted that driver that's been out there doing that tough work of, of being on the road an extended period of time, and we're doing that you know the same way everybody else is, right? We're, we're advertising through papers, we're, we're on the internet, we're targeting areas that were that are challenged, right? The Northeast is, is a very difficult place to hire drivers right now. So we're trying to expand our pool a little bit. Our current driver force is about 3% females. We're trying to do everything we can to attract females to the industry. I mean, it's, it is a great job. Where else can you go and make $70,000 at the age of 22, 23? And we just need to make sure we're, we're sharing this information. We're trying to get out to high schools even. Obviously, we can't hire an 18, 19-year-old, but could we get them into a training program to, as an apprentice to spend time with our drivers or maybe drive a straight truck and then move up into that CDL uh, space a few years down the road? Yeah, and you talked about the tracking devices. How do those work and how do those affect your drivers and you as a company? Yep, absolutely. They, they're not affecting us at this point. We're already ELD compliant. We've been using onboard technology for over a decade and, and many of the larger carriers do as well. What it's really impacting is, is the smaller carriers. And as a, a logistics provider and a broker, as a capacity aggregator, as I mentioned earlier, you know, we're working with a lot of those carriers that, that aren't up to speed with electronic logging devices. So they're, running, they're still running paper logs, right? I hate to think that some carriers <laughs> are still out there maybe running two logs, right, and, right. and kind of uh, beating the system. This is going to take the ability away to do that, right? There's a few ag exemptions and some others for somebody that's hauling livestock that, you know, if, if you're up at the end of your log, you need to get that product delivered before animals start dying. I understand there's some rules around that that you need to expand a little bit, but it's really taking all of those small carriers. There are 530,000 carriers in the U.S. today, Eric, and, and of those, 90% have fewer than 20 trucks. The vast majority of those do not have ELDs. So when the mandate hit at the end of last year and is going to be enforced in April, there's a lot of carriers trying to get up to speed. And many of those, I think, are either going to exit the market in April or it's really going to have an impact on their capacity. A carrier that in the past could run maybe a 650, 700-mile run and log it somehow with paper, they're not going to be able to do that electronically. It's going to force them into a layover. So a lot of shippers that used to see a, a, you know, maybe a 650-mile lane get delivered same day, it's now going to turn into a layover. So it's going to have an impact on capacity and drive rates even higher. So as our readers and our listeners are, are kind of taking a look at partnering with a trucking company, it seems like that could really affect the long-term business and really puts an importance on choosing the right partner from the get-go. Absolutely. And some of the things we're trying to do to, to help our 
our shipper partners mitigate some of these capacity and, and spot rate challenges. And I'll just kind of give you a few quippets of what's going on in the industry right now. So we've had, well, this is uh, in the U.S., three consecutive quarters of, of growth and expected to continue into, into this year. Uh, we haven't seen that in quite some time. That's going to have a, an impact on an already tight driver pool. Uh, based on the Morgan Stanley and the cast truckload freight index, spot and contract rates are going to remain high through 2018, uh, higher than even back the polar vortex of 2014. I, I just don't see these rates dipping back down anytime soon. Uh, rates have been on the rise since June uh, of last year, uh, two months seeing the highest jump in rates over the past decade, from August to September of last year, and then from December to January coming into this year, we've seen just a, a huge spike in rates, and, and typically you see the first part of the year rates dip back down. We're, we're absolutely not seeing that. National spot load-to-truck ratio hit a record high in January, 14.7 loads for every truck in, in the vast majority of the country. That's on the spot rate. Now we're seeing oil and diesel prices are expected to go up another 15 to 20 percent uh, in 2018. That's going to increase rates from that respect as well. So some of the things we're trying to do, you know, as a 3PL, asset-based 3PL, we're trying to move as much freight to intermodal as possible. You know, many of our shipper partners have been, they've steered away from intermodal because of some challenges with delays and challenges with transit times. They're willing to, to put up with some of those challenges at this point because intermodal rates have really remained flat. They have not seen an uptick in rates, so we're, we're moving freight to intermodal. Uh, we're also trying to become a 3PL slash shipper of choice. You hear, the, you hear that, you want to be a shipper of choice, but, you know, how many 3PLs are really impacting that? So what we're trying to do is get get our carriers in and out of docks quickly, right? We do, we do real-time uh, visibility tracking. We provide dock scheduling software so that we, when a carrier is expected to be at a dock at two, we get that carrier in and out, right? Because when they're on an ELD mandate, if you're, if you're delaying a carrier for four hours at a dock to get them either loaded or unloaded, you've just burnt a quarter of their day and their ability to turn miles and, and produce revenue for themselves in the truck. We're also looking at quick pay. You know, like I said, the, the vast majority of carriers in the U.S. are under 20 trucks. Many of them are under five. So what can we do to, to pay those carriers as quickly as possible so they can buy fuel, they can pay their drivers, they can pay for their equipment? Uh, providing continuous moves for our carriers to prevent empty miles and delays finding their next load. You know, we really want to partner with our carrier partners, and, and the way to do that is to, to give them a load that maybe is a a three-leg continuous move that gets them back to where they want to go. The worst thing you can do with a carrier is, is send them into a location that there's no freight coming back out of, right? So they're going to charge you a high amount to get there, and then they're going to be stuck looking for a load there. So we try to prevent that as much as possible. Uh, transitioning short multi-stop lanes to dedicated. The carriers really, they don't want to haul that short freight anymore, especially if it has multi-stop. So we're, we're seeing a lot of our shippers transitioning maybe a two, 300-mile lane that's five or six stops to dedicated and moving away from one-way carriage. Uh, also strategically passing increases on to shipper, shippers' customers. We've, we've had many meetings with our logistics customers, and, and instead of just saying, hey, you should go put a blanket increase out to your, your customers at 15, 20, 25 percent, we've been strategic to say, hey, this customer actually gets your, the carrier in and out quickly. We've not seen a significant rate increase from our carriers for that lane because they like hauling that freight. So leave that, leave that rate where it is, and then somebody that holds our carrier for maybe four hours or 
uh, wants you to, to leave on a Friday but not deliver until a Monday when it's only 800 miles away. Those are the ones we're strategically going after for to find rate increases to help our shipper partners. So if I'm a, a person looking for a, a third-party logistics partner like yourselves, what would you say is your sweet spot? What is the type of company that you find is a perfect partner with you guys? Absolutely. You know, I, I think, you know, shippers are, are really, I think their eyes are being opened. Many shippers going into this year really felt that they were going to see maybe 3 to 5% rate increases. Many of them are actually experiencing 20 to 25%. So budgets are being blown left and right. So they're, they're all willing to take a look at whatever they can do to reduce waste. And the shippers that we really like to work with are the ones that are collaborative, right, that we can work together and drive solutions and, and reduce waste in the system, improve service, and those sorts of things. So it's shippers that are willing to look at moving product to intermodal, that are willing to uh, reduce their delays at their docks, that are willing to you know, adjust their pickup and delivery appointments so that's conducive for a carrier to be able to stay within their ELD log. So it's really about, it's not size, it's not a specific vertical, it's how collaborative is that shipper going to be to work with us as a 3PL and ultimately their carriers to make sure they get their freight moved on time and efficiently. So it sounds like the shipper doesn't have to do all this thinking themselves. You guys actually get in hands-on and help them formulate some of those solutions. Absolutely. That's the service we bring to the industry, right? We, we are that third-party logistics provider that has asset-based uh, solutions, but also goes out and finds the solutions that, you know, is the best solution for a shipper, regardless of whether it's on, on rail, on, you know, in the air, on a barge, a dedicated resource, LTL. We're, we're kind of, you know, mode and asset-based agnostic. We're really trying to find the best solution for our partners. That's phenomenal. Why don't you tell me, if I'm listening to this show today and I'm contemplating trying to find a partner, how would I get involved with Ruon or, or companies like yours? What, were the, what are the steps I would take to start that relationship? Yep, I, it's as easy as going to Ruon.com, and there's a, a spot on there for you to click on and get more information about Ruon. And if you'd like to, to have us take a look at your uh, supply chain network, we absolutely will do that for you. And there's, a, there's an opportunity for you to provide some information for us to take a look at your network and We'd be happy to, to partner with you or take a look at, at ways we could help you, you know, kind of navigate these challenging times that we're all in. One of our leaders here at Ruan, he, he put it best, I think he said, you know, it, it's really going to get weird in 2018 from a transportation perspective. And, and our mission here is to help the shippers out there navigate those weird times that we're in. Well, Marty, thank you so much for uh, taking time today. Give us your insight and your expertise. We really appreciate Ruan, and we look forward to a continued relationship, and we hope we can have you back on a future show. Appreciate it, Eric. Thanks for the time. You've been listening to the Logistically Speaking GT Podcast. We want to thank all of our astute readers of Global Trade Magazine and thank all of our great advertisers that help make this possible. Remember, you can subscribe and find all our GT Podcasts at www.globaltrademag.com. We hope you'll return next time for another great episode of Logistically Speaking. And don't forget, globaltrademag.com's daily news and information is ranked number one by Google.